0: On the tee, Jack Nicholas.
1: This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset continues his run to greatness
0: the return to glory now guys 2023 has been a very successful year for irish golf really across all aspects from amateur golf college golf we've had irish winners on the dp world tour lpga tour pga tour we've had solheim cup representation Ryder cup representation that journey to that level of success is um is far from straightforward. One man though who is thriving in the middle of that journey is my guest this evening, Ronan Millarney. Ronan, how are you?
1: Very good introduction, Johnny. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks. I practiced that a few times, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> um so I was saying to you before we hit record that we caught up pretty much 365 days ago, exactly a year ago almost, at the EuroPro Tour Championship at Locker there's been a lot going on in, in your world now. The last twelve months, how, how have you been? Or, I guess before we get into how you've been, because you've you've done a lot. You've actually you've had a very very good twelve months. How were you straight after that Euro Pro? Because it was, you know, Euro Pro wasn't wasn't going to happen anymore. It was closing up after that weekend. Like wh- where where were you at at that point?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Every so often I think about this. Um, so after the Euro Pro was. Um, like it was okay because it was there would have been a lot of golf, so it was okay to so take a little bit of time off. But then, I, I had to go to Alps Tour Q School because I effectively had no real status anywhere. Um, and after my first round of Alps Tour Q School, I got into the final stage. Um, I think I shot one of my friends in for me, and I was terrible. I think I shot five or six over. Um, on a lovely golf course, Algiada in Italy, um but I think I was maybe like 130th out of 165 people and I remember thinking there that I could have no status anywhere on any tour by in two days time it was a three-round tournament now I played I played really well the last couple of days and I I got my tour I got the cards by the Alps but it is kind of it, it well I suppose it's amazing how quick things turn but yeah it kind of is because that was I remember thinking after that, you know, like I said, I, I remember sitting in the car after thinking, well, well you know, where do I go now And <laughs> um, I suppose it all worked out, but yeah, just with you with the Alps or sorry with the Euro Pro finishing and then uh batter on the first first round of um Alps tour, it was it was kind of like you could be left in the abyss, really
0: because there are you know there there are lots of guys that do kind of bounce around mini tours trying to play. What I guess is now like clutch, trying to get into the Alps, trying to make the way up to, uh, up to the Challenge Tour. Playing playing the Alps, or playing Toro toro Tour, or wh- whatever it is really. When when wh- how long was the gap between finishing up on Euro Pro to the Alps Q School, and just trying to get a gauge calendar wise? Yeah,
1: it was no, it was it was actually quite soon. I say I took a little bit of time off, but I actually didn't think of the dates. So if it was almost exactly a year to the day that we were talking, that was the final stage. So that was the end of October, because that's what we are now. Mm. And I remember Alps Q school was was like 10th or 11th of November. So yeah, it was a and I sorry, I didn't get into final stage. I had to play first stage as well. So no, I would have been it could have been early November um that Alps Q school was so yeah sorry. I pretty much went straight into it now thinking back on it. Wow.
0: Good yeah. now. I mean it's it's not all not all Doom and Gloom, you did get your Alps tour card, yeah. but you also yeah. then played a couple other tours. So you went off, you got to win on the Toro tour um as well. What what's what's been going on in your game then, I guess, since getting your Alps tour card and getting that security for the season, knowing what twenty twenty three was going to be like for you? What did you what did you get onto first? Was it Toro Tour? Playing a few events there?
1: Yeah, so the Toro Tour is like it's um it's not connected with the the D P world tour or any of the tours, it's just it's like a. That's kind of just
0: like a money tour, isn't it?
1: It's just a warm up tour, yeah. So you, you play that kind of as uh, just to get ready for the year. But uh, Callum McGregor runs that. and He's a he's a European tour caddy. You know, it's really good fun actually out there. It's good, nice way to start the year. Um, but yeah, like I, I I played quite well this year, but you know, there hasn't been any major kind of you know hallelujah moment. Like or any, I didn't find any golders, but. Um, I did feel the last two years, I didn't play you know, a fraction of what I was capable of. And I think that's more frustrating rather than going out there feeling I'm playing quite well and coming easy that they're missing cuts. That wasn't really the case. I really didn't feel I played well even, let alone three days in a row. I don't know if I played well two days in a row. It really irritate me. So I couldn't tell you exactly what's happened, but it's, um, yeah, things have just kind of you know, clicked into place a little bit more.
0: Yeah they seem to really have clicked into place for you. I mean it wasn't too long before you start playing the Alps Store that you you claim your first win, your first full field win as well uh in Austria. What, what was that experience like because I'm pretty sure it wasn't the most straightforward of of wins.
1: Yeah. It was um yeah, it was rain delayed. So I remember the first round I was out at about half 12, I'm hitting balls in the range and it's teeming down. Um it's in uh Gosser in Austria. Beautiful place, actually, in the mountains. Um, and it was teeming down, and I was just waiting for the horn to blow because it was only a matter of time, like, but I was just hoping it would go before I teed off. So I got there like just over an hour before, and I go and hit balls, and I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then eventually it goes. And it's terrain like pretty much for the next 24 hours, if not longer. So we're like, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen now. And you know, some guys have even finished their round. So uh, golf is then cancelled for the rest of the day well it goes an hour delay so they're like oh, an hour delay, hour delay, hour delay and then after three hours they say that's the end of play for the day and then the next day we come back and we find out we have to we find out just as we finish our first round that we're actually going to play 36 that day or sorry you're going to, yeah you're going to play up to 36 holes so as many holes as you can up to 36 and then the tournament is going to be 36 holes so I suppose it was quite good for me because I um uh, I I was playing quite well, so to do it all in one day was quite was quite handy. But um, like it was, it was really really wet. Um, and then I, I remember um getting up the next morning. You kind of think, well, you know, what do I do because I wasn't going to play any golf that day unless it was a playoff. So I kind of had to stay somewhat ready, but didn't really know what I was doing. So I just went there, hit some balls, turned my phone off, <laughs> just in the time really.
0: So yeah, you were waiting around for what was a hundred other competitors to finish their final round. It ended up that there was no playoff. You won. You won by three. Does it feel as good? You know, waiting around for a hundred guys to not not beat you as it would if you were finishing up and knowing that you scored the winning score.
1: Oh yeah, screw that, Johnny! Absolutely, win is a win. Win's <laughs> a win is win. Fair enough. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And um, it was a little different. Like that's I've never been in a situation like that before. Like, but. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> what's
0: what's life on App Store like? Is it like, you know, it's definitely not as glamorous as as what we saw in full swing. But like, can you paint a picture?
1: It's uh, private jets, caviar, and steak, <laughs> five star Ritz Carlton hotel. No, it's um, it is actually funny. We were finishing that last round in where was it last week in Italy in Venice. We were like, I went out to the car park to get ready because I was going to be very tired for my flight. Um, and they were doing. I was obviously didn't do well in that tournament, but I was going to be part of the presentation afterwards when I won the challenge for cards. And um, I was getting ready. And, and you finished top
0: twenty on. that week.
1: Uh yeah, I was twentieth, I think, that week. Um, but the in the car park it was just covered in golf travel bags and clubs and bags and everything. I was. We were talking monsters, so we were like, "Well, where are the where are the Netflix cameras here? This makes a better show than what Netflix did." Um, but yeah, what's it like? Well, it's like it's basically the same premise. Well, it is the same premise as what the 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 lads in the PGA Tour and the European Tour are doing, but it's like obviously on a very tight budget. So it's obviously we have to travel around the place, and there's lots to go, and it's it's like a really really small traveling circus with it without too many frills, but. Yeah, you know, lots of Ryanair flights, lots of early wakeups, um, waiting in line for car rentals, things going wrong, um, funky golf courses. But you know, it's all it's all part of it. like this. Anyone who complains about it really didn't look into what they're doing because you know this is the way it is, and this is the way it's kind of always been. And you know, it's a it's it's a really good standard, but um. You know, if it was, if we were playing for big money and we were playing in really nice places and everything was really good, guys wouldn't want to get off it. So it's, you know, it's a bit of an incentive to make sure you're playing well and, and make sure it's not too long you're there.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I remember you did an interview after you won the Order of America. You said, you know, you enjoy your time on the tour. It was a great, great quality of, of year uh, in terms of the players you're playing against. But, you're yeah. happy to be off of it, you know. The whole point yeah. of the tour is to be getting off of it as soon as possible.
1: Absolutely, and there's so many great people. Like some of the tournament organizers, they really, they really do try and do the best the best they can with what they have. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to come across in any way, kind of disparaging towards the tour. Like, but it is, it's a third-rate tour. We're not playing for massive money, um,
0: and they're well yeah. aware of that as well. I mean, every, yeah, 100%. like yeah. I'm sure even the tournament organizers and tournament directors there have ambitions for being tournament directors for DP World Tour, Challenge Tour events, because, you know, it's a, it's a career progression for everyone.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So it's absolutely, I never really looked at it like that. You're right. It's a progression, literally, for everyone, yeah.
0: Is there, there's a good few Irish guys that were on the Alps for this year. Paul McBride had a pretty good season as well. Yeah, do you guys, yeah, do you guys travel together, stay together?
1: Yeah, uh, some of the times, yeah, we travel together. I am I do about 50-50, I stay with the lads. You know, half the time, saving myself, the other half the time. Um, but, yeah, you get to know you know, lots of the lads there. Um, uh, lots of European lads, Spanish, French, Italian. Um, yeah, you get to know lots of lads.
0: Your second win, then. Talking about that, a bit more straightforward in France. Three consecutive rounds, bogey-free. You sealed it in a pretty sensational runaway victory Um, over in the... Um, well, I'm going to destroy the pronunciation of this Haute de France, Pas de Calais Golf Open
1: Yeah, Santo omer I got it I just called it Saint-Omer <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: Yeah, no, I played I played well that week, funny enough, I was actually I was I was sick that week um, So I don't know if that helped or hurt But maybe, it clearly helped um, <laughs> Sick with what? Yeah. Sick, a little bit of what I have now, my throat I just had a little bit of a cold, I felt a little bit run down Um but that was, yeah, no, that was, that was, uh, yeah, I was really happy with that. I remember I heard about it years ago. There was a guy on the PGA Tour, I think it was JT Poston. He won with, and he was 22 or 24 under four rounds. But I remember hearing he was bogey free. And I remember looking that up and thinking, there's no way he was bogey free four rounds. The PGA Tour I looked it up. I thought, that is the most unbelievable thing. So ever since I heard of that, that has been a goal of mine to be any sort of a tournament bogey free. Now, I'm not comparing myself to JT Poston <laughs> who won the PGA Tour. But it was a competition that was bogey free so yeah i was delighted with that so you spoke
0: about how a couple of years ago or for the last two years or so you've been struggling to get like two or three good rounds together and that was kind of yeah. frustrating you a little bit
1: a little, a little. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> i mean i'm trying to be, <laughs> trying joking. To be you're <laughs> fucking raging your yeah there you, go. <laughs> there you go but um three consecutive rounds bogey free in tournament play that's obviously massive and was that just a case of you felt like you're in the zone? You're more comfortable with your game. Was this the first time you've you've done that? What's where's your headspace?
1: Yeah, so the first round, I, um, the first round I played, I I played fine. My my short game was quite good. My chipping and my putting, um, was quite good. I think I was four under maybe the first day. Excuse me. And the second day, I played really well. Um, I shot seven under. I eagled the last. And it was only then I kind of realized I was bogey free for two days because you're not really thinking of it. Um and then the final day, like I had a, I only had a two shot lead. And you know, two shots is nothing. I don't need to tell you that. So um I started quite I started quite well. I, I was I think I was 200 through four, but I had chances on the other two holes as well. So it was it was a good start, two hundred through five maybe. Um so yeah, I felt like I was I was playing quite well. And then you know, after that, I'm not really thinking avoid bogeys or make birdies. I'm just trying to play as stress free as possible. I think I had something like a four shot lead then, so I'm kind of thinking if I hit, if I hit um, fairways and greens, I know where the, the the chances are in the course this certain holes. Um, hitting wedges in or that are short or power fives or whatever it might be, I was putting quite well. And my wedge play was was uh it was quite good that week, so I knew that if I, if I gave myself enough chances then, on those holes then. You know, I was going to be kind of hard to hard to catch, but my main goal is if someone was to beat me, they were going to have to play really really well rather than me making it hard on myself.
0: Did you sleep on the lead that night? Because you shot a five under par, sixty six, to finish with a nine yep. shot victory. Hmm. Um, how 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 did you find sleeping on a lead like that? Because obviously, you had your two wins this season on the Alps were very different types of wins. Yeah. You went about them two different ways. What was that like?
1: Well, yeah. So, like I said, I was I was kind of feeling. Terrible. So kind of uh, when I went home, I remember um, I was saying one of the English lads, um, Sam Robinson, and we had got this house, and there was this massive, um, there was this massive, uh, like jacuzzi bath in it. So I just went in there for about an hour. My <laughs> God, I got out. I felt a little bit better, and then I got some tea, and I pretty much went to bed for the evening. So like, I I suppose it did help being a little bit sick that day uh, or that time. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I was, I was, uh, when I was, when I was waking up each morning, I was just more hoping I didn't feel worse than the day previous. But, um, you actually reminded me that you were asking me what the, what it's like being on the Alps tour. Well, this is a bit of an extreme version, but this is, this is kind of an interesting travel story. So, so that event that I won that one in Santa um, I had booked a flight. So, so on the Alps tour, the final day, like 50 guys make the cut. And it's plus ties, so there could be like 54, 56, something around there. Sure. But um, in different countries, uh, the start time is different. So if we play in, say, like um, uh, Italy or Spain, they usually start quite early. So the first tee off might be seven. But in this event, it was a mixed event. So the girls were playing and the lads were playing. And in France, which I didn't really realize, which I probably should have, uh, we, we always start later. For whatever reason, that's just the way they do it. So the first tee off of time might be nine. And we're also just over two hours from the airport. So I had booked a flight for six o'clock. Now, in itself, that was stupid. But I thought there was a chance that if, you know, if you're in the last group, you probably wouldn't make it. But if you weren't in the last group, to be a chance, you know, if we started early. Then I realized we got an email halfway through the event. We're going to be starting later than usual. So I was like, oh, great. So I realized there was no chance. But the other problem was my car rental. I had to get the car rental back by like, uh, what time was my flight? I had to get my car rental back by... Oh, I don't know, like five or something. So there's no chance of that too. So I rang them up. So anyway, I get the car back by about half nine, whatever that is, like four and a half hours early. Now they are very good about their They fine. So then I was like, right. I had to book a flight from the other airport in Brussels, which is across the town. And I have no car rental because I have to give the car back. So I get to the airport. And then I say to your man, the car rental. I was like, how do I get to the other airport in, in Brussels? I won't even say the name because I'll butcher it. And uh, he was like, well, your best bet is probably get the train into the city center and then get a book out. I was like, right, okay, I'll do that. So I get in the train, get the train into the city center. And it's now like probably half 10 at this stage. So it's, it's uh, you know, there isn't much happening. <laughs> like, I go to the city center. And it's like, you know, everything is shut. There's no information that's open or anything. So I'm just going around with my big bags and my golf clubs. And I go outside and I see nothing. And I go, like, oh, great. So I turn the corner and I see this big bus. And I'm like, I'm just looking to go to the airport. And he goes, Yeah, this is the one. I was like, what are the odds of that? So then I get it's an hour bus journey out to the hotel or out to the uh, the different airport. So I hop on that. And that's about it's about an hour and a half, but anyway, get hop on that, get out there, and um I say to your man, can you drop me at this hotel? Because it's three of us on the bus, big massive bus only three people on. drops to this village He goes, Yeah, I know where that is. And he lets me off wrong hotel. <laughs> <laughs> no, so he goes hop back in and we'll go to the airport so he drops from the airport so I, he leaves me off the airport and it's hammering down at rain at this stage anyway short story long long story short i uh i have to get a taxi then i have to wait another about 20 minutes and then i have to get a 20 minute taxi out to the hotel and i'm up it was about half 12 at that stage and I was up at four o'clock to get six o'clock flight back home to ireland and then i got home that's kind of a little taste of what the alp store is like
0: and that's that's the, the glamour of winning as well. That's after getting the win.
1: Well, it was made a lot easier that I won. But if I had missed the cut and I had to do that, I would probably would have been a bit different.
0: Yeah, that would have been a little bit more frustrating.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So then with that win as well, you, you, you know at that point that your challenge tour card is is definitely locked up. You're, you're confirmed you're in the top five. Yeah. Is that, your, that, your, that, that must have been your goal at the start of the season is like... Let's get challenged chance to get locked up here one year. I only want to be here for a year. How, how vindicating does that feel that when you when you know that, hey, you get your first one under, under your belt, you're on the road, you're on the right track. You did that pretty early in the season, you know, a solid enough season for the rest of the year and you're in a good place. The relief or the weight off your shoulders when you get that second win must have been massive. You know you're going yeah. the right direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, we said before you uh, you started recording for the podcast that, you know, golf's a hard sport, so any sort of, um, any wins, any vindication is great, um, but it's amazing, like, how your mind plays tricks on you, in the, the last event, last week, I started quite poorly, I started really poorly, actually, it was four over three nine, it wasn't a hard golf course, and uh, there was things going through my head, like, I wonder if I, has it been calculated right, is there any chance I could fall out of the top five? Right. All these things go through your head, so um. But no, absolutely you know I was I was delighted to um to uh to qualify.
0: So then, when you you get the second win, you go back home. Do you go back home to your to your parents, or you you're staying in Dublin at moment now? Or are you living in Dublin?
1: Yeah, I'm staying in Dublin. It's just like I really like Galway, but it's too hard to travel. You know, it's you know, it's adding five hours to a round trip to to back up to Dublin Airport from Galway.
0: So you're not getting your lessons from your dad anymore now.
1: No, I, you don't know my dad. It can be done over a phone. It can definitely be done <laughs> over Zoom. And uh, it, it's raining so much in this country that I do go home because dad gives lessons at the house with his string room there. So I do go home the odd time. So no, no, there's no escape, Jack. There's no escape.
0: So what's life been like now after you've got your Challenge Tour card locked up? When does when does that season begin for you?
1: Um, it will begin February next year. So well, I've uh, second stage of Kisko next year. So.
0: Oh, well, we'll get on to that, don't worry. Oh, ideally, I won't be on the time store <laughs> next year.
1: But if I'm on the time store next year, it'll be in February.
0: Um, I, I asked about your dad and and I guess like, the, the coaching side, yeah. jokingly there. But um, am I right in saying you had no missed cuts this season?
1: No, that was one thing. No, oh, I missed the second Egypt event. We played two out there and I missed the second one. Um, I missed a five shot or two shots, I can't remember. But yeah, that was uh, that was frustrating. I would not put it in the bucket. Like, but yeah, that was the only one I missed.
0: Okay, well, we'll pretend you didn't for my question, right? <laughs> yeah, for <very laughs> one. Yeah. Um, no, look, it not you? You said it yourself, you've been much more consistent this year. Yeah, um, just the one miss cut. You must be thrilled with that. You've also been. I've seen you've been posting on your Instagram that you've stepped up your your strength and fitness over the last while. You've been you've been working out a good bit. Was there an area that you have your kind of essence that you thought was lacking that you thought would be aided by that? Um, and how's that kind of translated into your consistency? Or are they both just two separate two separate entities that seem to have happened at the same time?
1: Um, well, I started training with the uh, Stephen Rice. Um, re- he really good. He used to throw a javelin for Ireland. He's very he's very into the like the the minutiae. And I'm I'm obsessed with the golf thing and I'm pretty obsessed with my equipment. And in relation to like SC nutrition, I know nothing. I'd never claim to know anything, so I'll outsource that to someone who I feel does know what they say, sure, um, or does know what they're talking about. And um, I remember Stephen was even talking to me like, multiple times actually, only even the last day as well about how I walk and how he can see certain things. And I'm like, what are you? <laughs> what are, you what are you talking about? But yeah, Stephen seems really good, um, and it's been it's been a massive help. So what I say is. It's like, yeah, I've never been the longest, but I don't think I ever necessarily will be the longest or even want to be the longest. So um, it's not a, so much about maybe transforming what I do, but um, I've always been I've always been quite tight, tight, my upper back. So certain things in relation to that mobility and strength, things like that. So, yeah. But again, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here claiming that I know this, that, there and the other. let I leave that up to up to Steve.
0: Have you gotten longer, you think, then since working with them? Just as a as a matter of being more mobile or stronger?
1: Yeah, no, I've definitely got longer, but I, I was talking to the lads about this. Like, you don't, I feel anyway, the Alps store doesn't really give you the, well, sorry, c- certain courses we play doesn't really give you the platform to...
0: Doesn't reward it, your length, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I, di- I didn't feel that. Some guys may feel that, but I, I didn't feel in a lot of the courses that, so it it almost encourages you to, almost poke it down there and um, so yeah i definitely definitely if we went into swing room last away i have got longer but would it show out in the course depending on the golf course maybe not but on the right golf course yeah
0: so you'll you'll keep leaving the uh the speed train into bryson the likes of them now
1: yeah bryson yeah, yeah how far <laughs> is he getting Isn't it really straight as well it's very impressive
0: yeah i was watching him at the, at, on the lift the team championships and he was yeah playing unbelievably really really well yeah. yeah it is
1: incredible i think the usa team could have could have done with him
0: i would i would probably agree with you in hindsight yeah that's probably that's probably a different topic though oh ah, yeah we definitely won't get into that that or we won't get into live at all <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing then now between um obviously you've got stage two dp world Tour Q school coming up in a week or two um Firstly, I guess before we get into that, what do you what do you like to do to to relax and to to tune out away from the golf because that life can be this life can be all, all consuming. You know, you go from tournament to tournament, airport to airport. You come home, practice, get ready for the next tournament, get ready for the next event. What do you what are you doing away from away from the golf game?
1: Well, usually I I don't really have an answer to that, but and I'm not saying I do this regularly, but the it was. September of last year, my uh, my mom got me tickets to Luke Combs, the American country singer. Oh yeah, and he played the Three Arena this month at the start of this month, and uh, she waited in line. with I think like I think she had three other people doing it as well, and got me got me four tickets. To me and she few the best night ever, incredible live Luke Combs. So that's that was. That was what I did to to unwind. But that's what I know it's only one night like, but that was incredible. You
0: do that, you do that every time you're home, do you? you go to a big arena gig. <laughs> well, it
1: was so good. He played on a Friday night and he was playing the next night in the Odyssey Arena up in Belfast, and I tried to get tickets. I got it. <laughs> but I was gonna go again. That's you like, fast. Yeah. Big,
0: big country music fan.
1: Mm, yeah, but a massive Luke Combs fan. It's like it's like Snooker. I love snook- I like Snooker, but I love Ronnie O'Sullivan. Fairly big country fan, massive golf fan.
0: Okay, very good. So, what is what what's on the agenda now between now and DPO Tour Q School Stage Two? You said you're a little under the weather, so you're you're chilling out at the moment. Where do you practice?
1: So I'm I'm very lucky. I've got into Grange Golf Club this year, and nice. um, yeah, Grange Burn it's really nice there, and I do a lot of practice in uh, Leopardstown Golf Centre as well. And um, so those two places generally is, is where I'm practicing. Uh, and then obviously when I go home, go away, go off to where I grew up and um, just to the swing room at the house. So there are really the places. You had to go through stage one, did you, for QSchool? QS no, actually I didn't. I was lucky. So on Alp Store, the, the cutoff for DP World School is like the closing date is like August 8th or something like that. And if you're inside the top, I think it's six on Alp Store or Merit at that stage. You skip stage one. You go through to stage two.
0: Nice, so,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: What's what's the plan for for Q school? You gonna head over there a couple of days early and just get used to it? Are you traveling with a caddy? Are you going on your own?
1: Yeah, so I've actually played the course played on Alps this year. is like Canella. It's um, it's in Spain, but it's not far. Flying to Faro, so I'll go out there. I think it's about three, four days early, and um, go over there and get ready. But like I know the golf course but it's more about you know the condition at that time and obviously the weather isn't great here at the moment so get a bit of um, practice up there just leading up to it. and I'm still unsure in a caddy I think I might bring a caddy but I'm not 100% sure just yet
0: have you got guys that you would tap into for caddies to to help out or would you get other guys that maybe wouldn't be in Q school who are pros
1: yeah, so I've never got a professional caddy, and that's something that I'll probably try at some stage. In the next little while, I might try it in the off-season and see what it's like. But generally, I prefer, um, you know, lads who are good golfers who I've played a lot with. I think that counts for a lot. And then I think the thing people don't realize is they think getting a professional caddy, you know, why wouldn't you? It's stupid to do otherwise. And I understand that, but you're purely thinking about on-course then. But what about off-course when you have, like, literally the week to fill? Like you're only on the golf course X amount of time, so someone you like being around is uh, is a massive thing. Noel Fox helps me out a lot when I'm in, when I'm up in Dublin, and uh, I'm always asking Noel questions. And he was like, he's like, if you're going to Q school, I was asking about a caddy. He was like, make sure you pick someone you want to be around because you it's invaluable. You know he's right. Like so, it's great thinking. Oh, I'm going to get professional. Caddy. You know that's the way to go. And a lot of time, it, you know, it could be, but um, someone you like to be around, I think, is is very important as well.
0: What do you look for? I guess in a caddy. Then in that case, because obviously you're saying the 18 holes is a specific segment or section of the day. But like within the confines of the golf course, what is it you look for in a caddy?
1: It's the same: keep up, put up, and shut up. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I look for in a caddy? Um, that's a good question. I don't. I don't particularly know. Um, like I said, someone who can someone who knows my game quite well, so most likely someone I've played a lot with. Um, Yeah, I think there is, there's like an art to knowing when to talk and when not to talk. Some people haven't, some people really don't. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. um, But exactly what I look for. Yeah, it's a good question. I'm probably not... Um, I'm, I probably don't have an experience with caddies to know what exactly I like and don't like. But, yeah, someone who's just... Even if it's not necessarily their job, that you know they're somewhat professional, like that. You know they're on the ball. Um, yeah, someone who I feel could a good green reader. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, really.
0: So, then what's the week of Cusco like? I mean, for I've never been. You hear stories about how how tough it is and how kind of just mentally draining, draining it is. What's what's your experience been like?
1: So I have played Cusco. I think only twice. Yeah, I think only twice. Uh, once as an amateur, I made it to second stage and I missed out. And then last year I played over in Manchester. Got rained out. No good. Um, What's it like? Yeah, like it's, I suppose it's, well, it's all kind of what you make it out to be. Do you know what I mean, Johnny? Like I could, you know, I could say it's, you know, real tension filled. And if you're thinking of the cut from day one, and I mean, you know, primarily, thinking of the cut from day one everyone is always obviously thinking of the back of their mind like but if that's all you're thinking about from day one it's going to be an extremely long stressful week but if you realize you know whether you shoot for you know 62 or 72 or 75 in the first round you still play the second and you still play the third round you know then it's obviously a cut like but yeah I yeah I, I really do think it is just what you make it out to be it's obviously it's it's a little bit easier for me because I have a challenge to work hard so you know, it's kind of only a positive if I do better than that or improve my, my my category. But
0: you've got a little bit of freedom with that then, don't you? You can kind of go, right, I have this in the back pocket. Worst comes to worst. I know what I'm doing next year so I can go for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, somewhat. Like, I never really feel it plays out like that. Do you know what I mean? You get in the golf course and you get to a tight tee shot and you're still, you know, uncomfortable. But um, I suppose, yeah, grand scheme of things, yeah, you you could look at it that way. But um, yeah, I just... I try to think of it, you know, whether it's me and you playing for five or whether it's for 4.2 million or whatever they play for on live, like you still have to hit the shot. You're going to be a little bit more uncomfortable. I get all that stuff, but you still have to, you know, you hit the shot and you hit the next shot and you hit the next shot till you get to the 18th, and you tap it in. So yeah, I keep saying it, but it, it is kind of what you make it out to be, Um, four rounds hopefully. And then Final stage is obviously a little bit of a slog, but I can't really talk on that. I've never been, I'm guessing, six competitive rounds in a row. It's not easy.
0: We've uh we, we spoke a little bit or joked a little bit about Bet Bryson, but in all seriousness, after meeting up with them, spending that time with them obviously during the open, have have you been in touch with them? Has there been any kind of contact with them? Or is, did he did you go he your way and he went his?
1: Um one of the lads asked me this recently, and there's no point in lying. Um I have been in touch with him. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he hasn't rang me up and said, Roman. Do you want to chat? Like, but I would message him a few questions. <laughs> no, but he's always he's been really good to me. And uh, when I won there last month, him and his manager, who I got to know a little bit as well, Connor Olson, they were they were a couple of the first people to message me.
0: Stop. Really, really,
1: yeah, yeah. Really, really nice people. That's really um, nice. Yeah, and it's not just. as well, another thing like you know, it'd be very easy to send a thumbs up or a. You know, well done. But it's always a little bit more. It's always you know a little bit of a conversation. Really, really nice. Um, because again, like, you know, what he did for me, you know, was great. But um, you know, it'd be very easy, just like you said, to go your separate ways, and that was that. And you know, it was still brilliant for me, no matter what. Even if he didn't talk to me ever again, so just, yeah, it still is very nice of him to to kind of somewhat follow along.
0: Yeah, because I guess <clears throat> no offense, but he doesn't need keep in Absolutely touch with not, no. every player he meets
1: Well no, i'm sure he's meeting hundreds hundreds and hundreds so yeah no really really good to me
0: have you spoke to him at all about what what life on live is like because obviously his team the crushers there won the team championship I, I tuned in and he seems to genuinely genuinely care and the caliber of the golf that he was playing was brilliant is live something that's kind of caught your eye or you've, you've watched it all
1: yeah no i i would i would always keep my eye on live and um, not just you know the money of the team stuff, it's just a lot of really good players. Um so yeah, I would absolutely I no, I haven't said I wouldn't say necessarily I've been talking to him exactly what's going on in live, but I do know it really means a lot to him. That was one thing he kept he kept saying in in Doom Beg, And I was wondering, you know, is he just saying that or is he actually believing? But no, it really does a lot to him. So they're all really invested in it. So yeah, no, fair play to him, great golf.
0: Is that something that if, if Liv ever called, if Bryson was like, here, look, you know, we, we've we've lost a guy from the team. He wasn't in the top 48 40, 45, whatever it is. Ronan, you so get the call up.
1: Are you asking me, Johnny, would I play for $180,000 for last place? Ah, I look,
0: I mean, Ronan, if you need a caddy that week, I'm around, yeah. All right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would um yeah, no, I... I yeah, I'd have to think about it like, but if it was a case that he rang me tomorrow, it's like run chance tour live tours. Do you know what I mean? So that's it's not really a question. But if I was in, <laughs> if I was in someone like I don't know, if I was on tour and I was I well, I would still have to ask I would I would have to think about it a little bit further, like, but no, if it was a case in the foreseeable future that he asked me, I think I could I would make the sacrifice.
0: You're a, you're a martyr.
1: I'm a writer yeah correct yeah. yeah absolutely
0: so there's a bit of time now between DP World Tour, Q School Stage 2 and the start of Challenge store. between now and Christmas or now and like January, February would you ever go over and just like winter somewhere like in like in Abu Dhabi or Dubai or even somewhere like yeah that way where you can't a bit of heat. Yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah no, 100% yeah it's something I've often thought of I've thought a lot of um and especially recently as well um and in theory there's
0: obviously a cost associated with that
1: yeah yeah there is a cost and there's like there's almost like a two-tier kind of cost there's a cost where you know if you'd endless money it's not an issue whatsoever but then there's kind of like a second tier cost where it's like you kind of have the money but it's a lot of money so you really have to like yeah, you do have to weigh it up. Like I'm even thinking, um, like out in Spain is a place I go to in Spain there, and it's a, a really nice area. It's Estepona region, and mm-hmm. um, incredible golf courses down there. And you know, it's it's a question I would think if I was talking to someone, you know, that was in my position, I would say, you know, why don't you spend your winter out there? And like there is incredible golf courses, but like first of all you there's not a, a dream of getting into any of them so you can you know mark them off i'm talking about like the like the valderamas and the san Roques and those types you know that's just not going to happen sure so then you look at the, the next level of golf course and, and what is it to get in there and you're kind of looking at and you're like just, that's not that easy to get into either and it's expensive when you do get in um and then you're kind of thinking well i'm renting i I'm renting a place here in Dublin. I was like, right, well, what would I do with that? So I have to pay for, you know, double accommodation. So this is a, like a massive, it's almost like a snowman kind of costing dollars. Um, but what I generally do is um, I will go probably twice, once to Spain, once to either Portugal, maybe Abu Dhabi this year. I'd like to go there for like practice sessions. So I do them in maybe week, two week or three week stints, uh, just depending on, you know, what's going on with the season. But um I think this year with starting so much earlier than what I would usually do. Um I don't think I'll necessarily need to live live abroad the more I, I think about it. But um it's like when I finish Q school, say I make it to final stage of Q school. So say I'm make it a European tour, well then you don't or DP World tour, you don't necessarily stop. I think you've two weeks and then you you probably play your first event. And if I didn't make it on European tour school or didn't make it through DP World Tour crew School, it would be, first event would be February. So I would probably, I would take it easy for a couple of weeks. Then I would go abroad for a couple of weeks. Then it's Christmas. Then I go abroad for two weeks in January. And then I start the season. So I wouldn't necessarily need to live abroad. Sure, yeah. Um, but if I was playing on Alps or Clutch or Pro Golf for one of them, yeah, it's definitely something I would think of. But again, you know, it's it's fine in the the finances for it. It's not that easy.
0: You 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 don't need to give a specific number, but like yeah. ballpark. What's the season on the Alps cost?
1: Yeah. So this like, yeah, it's a good question. Gets a lot. So it's like if you're if you're asking me January to December to play Alps, and obviously get the lessons you get, and pretty much what it costs to live for 12 months, or are you talking about from February to October Alps tour events that's it, you know there's two different answers there,
0: let's start let's start with February to October tournament golf
1: itself okay I would say a little over so if you budget for just a, say you budget for a grand a week that should be fine and there's uh, 15 I think events then whatever you're going to get on lessons, strength and conditioning, golf club membership, those things on top of it, um, which yeah, a little over a thousand a month. And then obviously the reason I I gave you the, the the double barrel question was those training trips, they you know they're not going to be cheap and they're obviously a lot longer than a week, so they might necessarily be as expensive, but they could be more expensive. So basically, you'd be looking at something like. I'm trying to think, 15,000, 15, 20,000, say something like 30,000 for a year, Would you'd be, you'd be fine with 30,000, but you can do it for cheaper. Sure. Yeah, so something around that ballpark, but then Challenge is it's a lot more expensive. It's a completely different ballgame there.
0: You played a couple of Challenge Tour events this year. What, just one. Just one. What yeah, was that like? Years.
1: Uh what a golf course. St. Melian in Cornwall. Oh yeah. Often. Jeez. I feel like I hit it very straight. Wow, some of these holes are tight. What a golf course. Um and the rough is up. Um play terrible, mind you. But um, um yeah, that was my only real. That was my only outing on the challenge this year. Um haven't played well. I've I've only played a handful of events. You only play maybe one. I think I played two, two one year, maybe three one year. But um, yeah, I haven't. It was a bit like the the Euro Pro. I hadn't played good golf in any one event on them. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get a run of them, see what I can do. But it's it's like, and again, it's not it's not to the Alps. But now you're playing proper golf courses. Do you know what I mean? And I'll be honest. I much prefer that. It's um, you can't. I'm not gonna say you can't get away with poking it down there, but. There's certain holes where it requires proper shots. Whereas we might play we might play courses where you know you, there might be, you know, one hole that you have to have a proper shot and the rest of them you can you can just get away with it. But you can't necessarily just be slashing it all around the place now. The odd course you can on challenge, but in general, they seem to be they seem to really up the standard of course. Um so yeah, looking forward to it.
0: Um, it's probably a bit too far away because obviously you're saying Challenge Tour doesn't kick off till February. But you, yeah. you're you're a pretty goal-oriented person. You're also a fairly competitive person. I know that from having spent a bit of time with you. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about what your what your goals or your objectives are for the season? Clearly, there's a top line: get off Challenge Tour, get onto DB World Tour. But have you thought about? Do you set smaller goals to get to that?
1: Um. Yeah, I probably will at some stage. I can't say I, I've thought about that at all, really. Um,
0: it is a bit of a way, to be
1: fair. Yeah, but ideally I won't be there. <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> Next couple of weeks go my way. Um, But no, I can't say I've thought of that at all. But it is something I'm going to have to do. I do a little bit of work with um Kate Kirby. She's um, a psychologist with the Sport Ireland. She works with a lot of the Olympians. She's really, really good. Very practical. Um, How long uh, have you been working with her? probably very close to the time i met you johnny so probably a year just over a year maybe okay uh, actually no sorry about 18 months because it was it was bit before the open 18 months two years so yeah no, okay it's really really
0: good well, have you found that helped?
1: um well like i said she's very practical and that that wouldn't usually necessarily be a bit like a big compliment but i mean that in the most complimentary way possible because I think lots of people can give you lots of different things for you do actually use them so I remember the first few sessions she was nearly like um, she was nearly like an organizer for me she was like right Ron so have you have you booked this this and this and if you, are you comfortable where you're staying do you know what the weather is like there do you have like uh, diure lights and things like that because the weather is going to be hot And what are you going to do when it gets hot and she's kind of like playing out these these scenarios and am I prepared for them and things like that there's no like um I can think of a better word but I, for the sake of this I'll say waffle with Kate like she can kind of see through all that but um yeah well I really enjoy the work on her so
0: she's basically trying to get you to think about pre preempt situations that might make you uncomfortable and then distract you from the tournament
1: yeah well that, that's just part of it but that's part of it that you know I I, I really like but it's not it's not necessarily like uh, you know run if you want to improve you have to kind of I'm not saying anyone's ever told me this, like, would say you know, meditate for an hour or something like that. That you know, it may, it may actually help. But am I going to do it? Sometimes, not all the time. So, um, yeah, everything she does is is quite practical. It's quite to the point. Um, and nothing ever gets, it never gets k two up or down. So, um, yeah, very nice.
0: Um, before you head off for for, st- for stage two at Q School, I just want to ask you one last, one last question, if that's all right. So, you're saying there's lots of, lots of hotels, lots of travel, and you're even talking about how the importance of picking a caddy, there's so much to the week, it's not just the golf. What do you do then when you're on location, when you're in the hotel? Are you watching Netflix or what are you doing?
1: Yeah. I, I kind of wish I was into movies and series a bit more because I'm not really I never have been, but yeah, it's still something. That's one of the, you know, Kate brings it up. Um, what what are you gonna do with your dead time? Like it's a lot easier with your dead time if you're playing well because you know you could look at two flies going up the wall and it's okay, but if you're after shooting seventy eight seventy eight in the last three events and you've just shot seventy nine, I mean? it's a lot. You need something that you're gonna that's gonna properly take your mind away. So. I still haven't quite got to grips with that. Um, I'm not much of a reader of books anyway, so that might be something. Um, I've watched a few episodes of At Home With The Furies. Type oh, Fury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, yeah, that's quite good. Um, but yeah, I've tried to get into a few of the series. I always lose interest a couple episodes in. Um, that's what I'm saying. Is someone that you like to be around. So someone that you can similar interest in just you know, talk crap with, just kill an hour here and there. Um but yeah, that is still if anyone has any suggestions, that's still yeah. something I'm trying to figure out.
0: Yeah. yeah. We'll get you paint like Sudoku or or doing crosswords or something like
1: that. That's me doing crosswords. <laughs> I'd be there all year doing crossword.
0: We'll get you like knitting or, or cross stitch. We'll give we'll give you a really random Kind of a
1: yeah. hobby that you can do. Yeah, knitting. <laughs> <laughs> the doll switch. So yeah, knitting.
0: That's a good one. Um, was Thanks very much. Um, I know you're feeling a little underweather, under weather, so take a handy over these next few days. Good luck in Q school, and um, look, you're only down the road from me, so if you're up for a game, let's uh, let me know. We'll get it. We'll get a few holes in.
1: Absolutely. Come on. Thanks for having me, Johnny. On the tee,
0: Jack Nicholas
1: This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.